Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Retirement Tips Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Joe Jelani with LG Fairmont Real Estate. Welcome, Joe. Haley, how are you? I am doing great. Uh, before we get too far into things, tell us about LG Fairmont. How are you serving folks? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a, a New York City real estate brokerage uh, located in downtown Manhattan, and we're helping uh, buyers and sellers at this point in time. Um, throughout the pandemic, throughout the entire year, that throughout the last 10 years, we've been doing this. So it's been, it's been a fun ride. So now um, this show is about retirement. Why would buying a home be kind of a, a good investment for someone uh, getting ready to retire? Uh, that seems kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, good point. Well, two words. Uh, it's, it's, it's residual income. And it's more for the, the person who is in the, with the mindset of retirement, but has perhaps some capital that they don't want sitting around in the bank too long, and they want to invest in a home. Uh, that would be a, a really good investment to actually continue to accrue your money over the next 20 years and still be able to retire in, with a peace of mind. And then so you're getting an asset and then maybe you can rent it out or, or is this for your own kind of home or is this for like no, a rental property? Investment. So it would, be, uh, it would be somebody that you rent, you, you'd buy a property, rent it out or flip it depending on how you, you know, what your ambition is. But um, definitely opportunity for you to gain some extra income and also uh, recurring residual income as well while you're retired. So now for that kind of novice uh, landlord, what are some of the things they should know about uh, if they're considering doing this as an investment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, considering that the audience here is are people who are uh, in the midst of retiring or they're already retired, uh, if they're not looking for something labor intensive, then the idea would really to have uh, sort of like a system ready with uh, a management firm uh, on hand so they can help them manage the tenants. Um, so it definitely requires a little bit of, uh, of management, but um, once you get your systems up and running, you get an opportunity to, uh, again, to get recurring income coming in while you're at home or if you're on vacation, those extra checks really do help. And of course, you could take that and put that into an IRA or whatever it is that you have as an investment um, to help you long term, but there's a really good opportunity there. Because creating multiple revenue streams is never a bad idea, right? Like that's something that um, wealthy people know. They want to have money coming in from a variety of places. Correct. Correct. And I think we can agree on that. Retiring is not about, uh, you know, not gaining income. Retirement is about being able to do less work and still having that income coming in. Um you know, some people have different opinions about that, but I, you know, you're really with the former, you're really set up where you could continue to gain income, even if you're retired. It's a really good setup. So now educate the audience uh, in terms of say, I, I don't want to, I want it to be totally hands off. So I'm going to go and invest in a property in a part of town that I think is uh, 
you know, a, a good part of town to have a property, but I want a management firm to run everything soup to nuts. So I'll buy it and then I'll hire them. What does that look like? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. And there's many firms that are out there that do help with this. But um, if you're really looking to be hands off and you're in a position where you have some money sitting in the bank and, you know, you just you want an opportunity to gain some extra income over the next maybe five, 10 years, I would say the best way to do it is to partner up with a management firm where they charge you about sometimes two to three hundred dollars a month, depending on the uh, depending on the, the location. It, you know, it could be anywhere in the States, but um, it's a very minimal fee for them to manage the tenants that are there. And of course, you want to manage, you want to be able to partner up with somebody who is uh, actively looking out for deals. And essentially what you're doing is giving them capital to be able to take, you know, take your money and then make, you know, make the most of it and, and get you some more money long-term. Um, so it becomes a little bit of a project, but I, again, it's mostly just the, the, the beginning work that, that it's the most work for you where you have to find the right partner and find the right management company. So once you do that, uh, you're in a position where you're getting checks in every month because people are paying on time and they've been, you know, qualified tenants that are, going to pay. And these are things that, you know, most investors look at anyway, but if you're retired, it's just an opportunity to, instead of putting your money into, let's just say sometimes the stock market or into, you know, maybe uh, a savings account, you could put it to work, you know, and that's something that uh, some people overlook. And then when the person is um, kind of, when I hire this management firm, everything becomes their problem, right? I'm just paying them, but are they actually getting the renter in there? Are they kind of getting the phone call if something's broken? I might have to write checks, but they're the ones that are kind of interacting with the client. Exactly, yeah. So you, you really are building up a system so that you are hands-off, you're not involved. You're, you're the owner on the, on the deed and you are the obviously the, um, the funder, so you're funding the deal, um, but you're still you're still hiring the management company to fill in the, uh, to constantly fill in the, the, you know, the rentals that, that are available. And then also to constantly, you know, if there's issues, maybe plumbing or electric, they have their partners that they could send out a plumber or any other issues they may have, the tenants may have. Uh, so you're not involved in that day-to-day activity. You're just at that point, you know, making sure that you have a, a good relationship with the management company. Maybe once a month, you'll check in with them to see what the status is of everything. Uh, of the operation. And then at that point, you're, um, you're really hands off. Now, let's talk about buying a house during this pandemic. Is that something that's still going on nowadays? And people have just figured out a way to do it in a safe, maybe, um, maybe I don't physically go there. Maybe it's a, you know, a zoom call over their phone or something. Yeah, great point. And there's, there's a lot of uh, everything going on. I mean, I, I'm based in, in uh, New York and Manhattan. So there's um, more so here than ever before. We're, we're definitely trying to do things hands off and we're doing uh, Zoom meetings for showings. Um, there are still people who are going out there, obviously with masks and gloves and still getting it done and still going in there uh, being uh, social distanced. But however, um, there's a lot of activity going on, especially right now. Buyers are definitely more interested than ever before, especially first time home buyers. Um, these are people who eventually will own their home and eventually retire at some point. Right. So this could be an investment, a long-term investment. So that's why it's sort of like, it's good to know these things up front and early on about like buying a home for the first time and how it could impact you when you are retired in the next 20 years, let's just say. Um, 
So there is definitely a lot of activity at the moment. There are people who are buying homes. Again, this is, it differs in the country, but there definitely, there's a, I guess that loan applications have gone up over the last uh, six months and they were higher than they've been in the last seven years. So there's a lot of activity happening and especially on the investment side, people are still looking for multifamily, which is where we lead back to our conversation about investing. Uh, it's a really good time to take advantage of maybe low rates or, you know, maybe even uh, low prices that are happening at the moment. Now, if I own my own home and I'm thinking about doing this kind of uh, investing, is it possible for me to use kind of get like a home equity loan for, or a line of credit for my house rather than get a, a mortgage and then leverage that to get the second home? Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. And and it's uh, the answer is yes, it's possible. Home, um, home equity line of credit. And um, some people don't know the difference between a home equity line of credit and a mortgage uh, of course, a mortgage when you're when you're buying a home, uh, traditionally you you know if you're if you don't have all the cash on hand, you would you would leverage a mortgage from an institutional bank or direct lender, and what would happen is that they you know they set you up to be on the loan whether it's 15 years or 30 years, but the relationship between the consumer and the and the bank is really one way. You have to pay the the bank every month to make your mortgage payment. Uh, in a home equity line of credit, what you're doing is that you're borrowing a line of credit against the equity in the home. So if you're buying a home for $900,000 and you're putting down $450,000, the equity in the home is $450,000, right? So basically halfway there. And what happens there is that instead of it being a one-way relationship, you could put money in and then take money out consistently as if it was a checking account. And, um, and the rates are a lot better than it would be if you were getting a mortgage. So um, it's a lot... Uh, more complex, but it, if you do it correctly um, with the right guidance, then you're 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 able to leverage the the credit line and also save money on interest and then pay it off quicker, as if you were paying off a credit card. And then you're using the house as kind of the collateral. That is exactly right. The the house, the equity in the house, and also as the value goes up, you gain more equity. So then you you're you're increasing your investment at that point, your return on investment. So now, um, when you're working with a client, can you walk us through what that looks like? Like how much of it is like you just educating the client? Cause this is something you do every day and this is not something that your clients typically do every day. When you say that, you mean, are you saying about the process of finding a home or, well, you saying or just like if somebody comes to you and says, you know what, I'm thinking about pursuing this, but I don't know what house to buy. I don't know what part of town is the attractive. So you got to kind of educate your client, I would imagine into the nuts and bolts of this because they're not as educated as you are. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, mostly, especially if it's a specifically uh, an investment property, let's just say a single family home or a condo, a condominium, or maybe a multifamily home. Generally the, the public will either go, you know, let's just say somebody who lives it could be North Carolina and they have uh, a property that they want to, uh, they want to pursue. Usually they, they tend to pursue in like in towns that they grew up in or towns that they, they hear there's a lot of action going on. So they're growing, maybe there's, there's um, a convention center being built nearby, or there's, there's a lot of activity happening in the city that they're saying, you know what, I want to look into investing in this city because there's a lot of stuff booming there. So that's when usually I get a call from a client and they say, Hey, I'd like to take a look at some properties here. Can you find me some? And we go through the process of how much cash they have on hand, what their financial picture is. 
And from that point, we go and, you know, I do a little research and, and I find them some properties and we take a look at maybe five, six properties and we take a look at the numbers and the return on investment. At that point, they really do make a decision as to what is the best fit. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's so many different resources for buying a home, uh, especially, you know, at this point in time. So especially with the technology that's out there in the world. Um, so I think it's just a matter of making sure that the numbers make sense, making sure that the, the rental, you know, you actually do your homework on the rental comparables in the neighborhood and also the property price comparables. And um, that's where I'm here from. I come in and I do that homework for you. Um, but if you're looking to do it on your own, then that's something you want to look at. Now, you mentioned you're based in New York. So I would come to you if I'm thinking about a New York um, home, or is it something that because of your network, you have access to homes around the country? Well, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I do have access to different um, affiliates, affiliate broker agents in the, around the country, for sure. But I obviously I do folk. I'm licensed in New York State, so I do focus in New York uh, primarily. But that doesn't uh, mean that if like if you live in another state, let's say you live in Florida, North Carolina or California, I have access to other agents that are part like affiliates of mine that we refer uh, clients to each other because there's a lot of people relocating. Um, especially now there's a lot of people relocating and it's good to have, you know, I've helped a client in the past, let's just say the last five years, they called me a few weeks ago and asked me, Hey, do you know anybody in the California area? Cause I'm moving, I'm moving to San Diego and I do. So I recommended that. And that's, um, that's a continuation of our relationship. So now if somebody wanted to invest in New York city, um, and they called you, what are some of the first questions you're going to ask? Yeah, I mean, if they're not from New York City and they're looking to invest in New York City, I just I, that my first question is why, why New York? Um, you know, because everybody has different reasons why they want to invest in certain projects, and sometimes it's more emotionally based. Sometimes people grew up in a certain neighborhood. Let's just say New York; they grew up in Brooklyn, and they, you know, I want to give back to my community. I want to create, you know, you know, I want to go develop a new property there. Sometimes it's emotionally based where they've they've been there or sometimes they just know something about the I guess the, the neighborhood statistically data wise they probably understand that there's there's been an increase in rents over the past five years that's significant amount to, to project the next five years as well and say I want to put my money into that and, and know that I'm going to get a, a, a return on investment in the next five years so I really do qualify buyers by asking questions about their financial picture uh, what their plans are if they plan on paying all cash or leveraging money from a bank. Um, a lot of it is just based financial based, just understand their, their picture and what their goals are. Um, because if they're looking to get uh, a certain percentage back over the next uh, five to 10 years, and I know that a certain property doesn't get that return, I'm going to advise them not to get that property. Now, if they said, okay, I want to be in Manhattan, a two bedroom, two bath, something or other somewhere in Manhattan, like what's the range of pricing that could be? Yeah. So if it's a two bedroom, let's just say a, a condo in Manhattan. I mean, that, that's Manhattan's obviously would say pricier than Brooklyn in some ways, if you're looking at a condo. So if you're looking at a condo, um, depending on where it is in the city, it could go anywhere from about 900,000 all the way up to like two to three million dollars depending if it's uptown or midtown um but it is uh you know it's, it's definitely a steep investment and then if you were to go to brooklyn what's the what would be the range there for a two-bedroom condo right yeah two-bedroom condo in brooklyn would be more around nine hundred thousand to up to 1.2 
So you're it Millions, it yeah. takes it takes at least nine hundred thousand to get into something. In in a two bedroom, and and if you're looking at the already, uh, I don't want to say up and coming, but already established neighborhoods, yes, it's a lot. It's a lot more because they've been uh, you know over the last twenty thirty years, they've already been more established. If you're looking at areas that are not as established or more up and coming, then you're you're probably looking more at like six hundred thousand. 500,000, depending on the space, but that's more Brooklyn, more like uh, either Brooklyn, like Crown Heights or Prospect Leverett Gardens, or you're looking at Uptown in Harlem or Washington Heights. That's, that's the, the options you have. And then from a location standpoint, people want to be close to the subway or some sort of transit. Is that more desirable? Well, I, the norm, yes. Right now, not so much. It's not as, as big of a priority only because now there's a, a, a big wave of people who are being pushed to work from home. So now the conversation is more about having outdoor space rather than, um, than having to be within proximity of, a, of transportation. They, they don't need to go as much. So right now the conversation is like, hey, can we get some outdoor space, maybe some private roof deck space? Um, that's been more of the priority. So that's why you need an expert like you to know what questions to ask and what's more um, attractive as the trends change. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to help anytime. So if somebody wanted to learn more and have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Yeah, you could go to joejelaninyc.com. So that's J-O-E-G-I-L. A-N-I-N-Y-C.com. Good stuff, Joe. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today on the show. Lee, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Retirement Tips Radio. Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.